Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. This morning, uh, there's two statements. One's a statement, one's a question, which is going to define what I say today. So if we can just put them up for me, that'd be great. These are the words that I sense the Holy Spirit wanted to say. Um, Thriving, not surviving life. We thrive in Christ through believing. I feel these are words for you guys to hear and allow them to permeate and penetrate your heart. So many people I see are, are struggling in life. Life is controlling them. Life is bigger than them. Jesus said, seek first the life I have and life won't dominate you. And we are to be people that are proactive and we heard today who pursue Christ to such a measure that life doesn't dominate us. Okay, So we are called to, th- to thrive in life as followers. We're not the tail. The Bible says we're the head. As we've heard this morning, we're called to overcome. But we can't overcome in our own strength. We have to overcome through the power of Christ. And so we overcome by this thing called faith. And if we have faith, size of a mustard seed, the Bible says we can say to certain things... And certain things have to move in relation to the word that we proclaim. So there's a challenge for the church because God wants to see a thriving church on earth who overcome, as we heard this morning, how do we overcome? Through what? The blood of the Lamb, power of our testimony. And what we miss off is not loving our own lives. That's the one that always sort of drops off a little bit there. But that's actually just as important as all the other two. And are we thirsty for what we don't know? This is a challenge. Are we thirsty for something that we actually don't know exists? And are we hungry for what we can't do? You see, the Bible tells me that there's so much more that I don't yet know. So if there are things that I don't yet know and those things aren't being revealed in me, am I thirsty for them? Jesus said, all you who are thirsty... Come to me. And all those who come to me and believe in me, as the scripture says, from their innermost being will flow rivers of life. So there's a promise, yes? There's an absolute statement of a promise from the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He said this If you come to me, then from your innermost being, if you have revelation upon revelation upon revelation through belief, of what I say, then in your innermost being will flow a river, rivers of me, for I am the living water. Do you think if that happens, you're going to thrive in life? Do you think if you've got rivers of living water in you that life can actually squash you? Not so sure? I want to stir you up to believe in a reality that you may not know today. I want to stir you up for a thirst that may not be your reality. Can I do that? Will you give me permission to do that? Because I don't yet know all that there is to know. And the Bible says, on the revelation of the knowledge of God, he builds me. 
So the more I'm coming to know him, the things I don't know, things that I have not yet seen, ear has not yet heard, has not entered the heart of man, all that the Father has for those who love him, and it's revealed through the Holy Spirit. Because I want to be an overcomer in Christ. I can't overcome anything in my own strength, but through the strength of Christ in me, I'm called to live above the earth. Do you know there isn't seasons in God? There's just one season. It's called strength to strength to strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. You see, we love under a new covenant. And this is something I'm sharing with my guys. You see, we tend to live under an old covenant too much. And I love the old covenant, and I'm all for the old covenant, but Jesus fulfilled it. And when Jesus turned up, he said, guys, it's a new day. It's a new kingdom day. That was, it was right, but now there's something new. And the new is me. And I have fulfilled all the law. I have fulfilled the entire thing. So now if you're in me, it's just about being in me. If you're in Christ and growing in Christ and maturing in Christ, you just go from strength to strength to strength to strength. There is no such thing as a dry season, guys. I'll be really honest with you. This is what we've believed because we've actually allowed our reality to shape the Scriptures rather than the Scriptures dictate our reality. We go, this is how I feel, so this must be the case. No. You don't live on your feelings. You live on spirit and truth. So the Word of God must define my emotions. My emotions and my thinking aren't to define this. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you about being seated in a heavenly place. Raised up and seated in a heavenly place. All right, so let's go to Ephesians 2, and I'm going to read 1 to 6, and you probably won't have 1 to 4. I think you've only got 6. So just when we get to there, that's 6, but we're going to start at 1. Made alive in Christ. Father, I pray that our ears would hear what you want to say today through me. Father, I pray that our hearts would be attentive and our ears receptive to your word because your word is to define our lives. Our feelings don't. Our mind doesn't, God. Our will doesn't. Your will, your truth, your spirit do. So God, give us ears to hear the high call in Jesus Christ. Give us a hunger and a thirst for what we can't do today. Give us a hunger and a thirst for the things we have zero knowledge of today. But God, I pray there would be a stirring by the power of the Holy Spirit in our spirit to go after all that is in you, for you gave us all that we would receive all. And so, Father, I prophesy and declare life and abundant life in Christ, and that we would receive, accept, and believe who you have called us to be and become, and how you've called us to live in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you ready? Made alive in Christ. 2 verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them 
We too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So Paul is identifying himself with a former life of who he was and who the Ephesians were. Tracking so far. Right. Here's this shift. But God. (laughs) I love this. But God. Two simple words that mean so much. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm going to break this down by verse 1, 2, all the way down. I'm going to unpack this sucker because there's so much in here to come to know. But that's the upgrade of upgrades. Anyone's been upgraded here on a plane? You gone from cattle class to business class or first class? Anyone had that privilege? It's awesome, eh? You get in your chair... Look, man, I'm six foot four. The, the next seat's about that much if it's not touching my knees. And you're sitting there, you're trying to get comfortable. Your shoulders stick out. The, the aisle, the old, you know, the, the hostess comes with the trolley. Bang, bang. It's not much fun when you're six foot four and have wide shoulders and you keep getting hit all the time. People want to bring their seat back. And it's like, man, come on, man. I've only just got enough room here for me. And then they come and say, Mr. Simnel. Would you like an upgrade? And I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> and you get upgraded to business class and you're in there and it's like, look at this, check this out, man. Look at leg room. Hello over that side of the plane. <laughs> and the food, what about the food? You know, it's Coke, Sprite, and in the upgrade, it's like champagne, sir. And they call you sir. Oh, that's a bit uncomfortable. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> You get to lie down, you get to sleep, you're not trying to arch back with your necks all stiff because you're trying to take... It's amazing, it's an upgrade, and who enjoys the upgrade? This is the upgrade of all upgrades. This is going from a position of being dead to alive. Too many followers are trying to keep dead people alive rather than being dead. And we try and we say this, we're in process, No, you're trying to keep someone that should be dead alive. Die. (laughs) I don't want to die. I know. That's why he had to hang on a cross. That's why he had to go through what he went through, so you would die. Because you can't kill yourself, can you? Because the will of man wants to live. You see, so he comes along and he says, guys, it's time for an upgrade. It's time for the highest upgrade the church can know. You're no longer going to live a dead life. You see, this is a brand new life in Christ. I was born in 1969 on the 4th of September. Oh, it's coming up. (laughs) And how old am I going to be? 50, the big 5-0. Do you know, for the first 29 years of my life, I was a dead man walking. Dead in my sin. Dead in my transgressions. That was an old life that I look back and I hardly recognize. 
When I got born again at the age of 29, this wasn't a modified life. It wasn't, Greg, we need to tweak you. It wasn't, hey son, you got this rank, you think like that, we need to tweak you here. We need to. No, no, it wasn't a tweaking. It wasn't a, 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 a renewed model. It was a brand new model. I got born, which means I'm actually not 50. <laughs> How old am I? Looking sharp, hey mum, looking sharp. Don't let the hair get in the way. People younger than me have lost their hair. Baldness is cool. <laughs> I'm trying to make it even cooler. <laughs> See, I'm young in the Lord. Because I got a brand new reality. I got an upgrade of an upgrade of an upgrade. I went from donkey class to the highest class you can get in Christ. Did you? And the Bible tells me not only was I raised with Christ, which means I was dead, and I got raised, I am now seated with Him in the heavenly place. Greg, what on earth does that mean? Because you're standing in front of us speaking and you're not in heaven. You're sitting on plastic seats. <laughs> are they comfortable? <laughs> Where are you right now? In heaven or in Auckland? Sitting on a plastic seat listening to a guy from Wellington. <laughs> Where is your heart and where is your mind right now? Are you actually looking down or looking up? These are big questions, eh? Wasn't Jesus the guy from heaven who came down to earth, lived on earth before his time was up and then got called back to heaven and then sent the third part of the Godhead to earth to fill the church so that the church would actually heaven on earth? So when Jesus turned up and Mark and said, hey guys, the time is fulfilled, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, what is he really saying? He's saying, I brought heaven to earth, because I am the representation of heaven. I am the ambassador of heaven, and now I'm on earth with you. So I bring the heartbeat of heaven, I bring the mindset of heaven, and I stand in front of you so you guys can what? live and have my mind in your mind, my heart in your heart, so actually heaven is on earth. Isn't that what we prayed? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So when Jesus came, he said, this is what I've done, heaven and earth, bang, right there. You see, we're still doing this. Heaven is a thousand miles from me. No, it's not. It's right here. And it's to be in the church. You see, you are seated in heavenly places. What does that mean? It means you are seated in the Spirit, that your heart and your mind is to be of the Spirit, just like it was in Christ. And so as Christ walked this earth, the Bible says in 1 John 2, 6, we are to walk in the manner in which Christ walked. Because he said, you need a whole new way of thinking, people. You need repentance, which is metanoia, which means you need a whole new thought. Because your thinking is earthly. And while you still are looking up, not realizing it's here, you're never going to see as I see. You're never going to hear as I hear. You're never going to think as I think. And so you won't minister like I did. 
because you're almost waiting for something to happen when it's happened. That's a big problem in the church. We're praying for stuff and it's happened. Because he said 2,000 years ago, heaven came to earth. The Holy Spirit was poured out 2,000 years ago. The problem is the church is outside of what it needs to get in. Because this tells me I was raised up with Christ, which means he's taken me from being dead in my sin, in my transgression, in my iniquity. I was a dead man walking for 29 years. How long was Lazarus dead for? Four days. And the Bible says, man, he's going to stink. Correct? I was dead for 29 years. That's a stench. How long were you dead for? Woo! My thinking, my actions, some of the things I did, how I hurt people looking for fulfillment, looking for completeness, looking for hope. I had an amazing father. But he couldn't provide, and my mother's here today who was amazing, but they can't provide what the Christ can. They can't provide hope the way we need to have hope. They can't provide joy the way only Holy Spirit can give you joy. They can't provide rest, freedom, patience, kindness, gentleness. That's God, the Father. So here I am, 29 years dead, smelling, rot, decay. I just didn't know it. I thought I'm alive and well. Do you realize how dead you were before Christ? It really helps you come into life. See, if you actually don't know how dead you are, there's a good chance you might actually be still living. Because the Bible says there's nothing good in any of us. That's why he had to come and set us free from ourselves. You were dead in your trespass and sins in which you formerly walked according to something. Whenever you see according, you want to stop and go, what's it in accordance to? According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. That was me. I was a son of disobedience. So were you. Good news, eh? This is the gospel. See, you need to know what you're saved from, and you need to know what you're saved for. Otherwise, it's very hard to embrace this other reality that sounds so far-fetched and outside of my capacity to even understand it, which it is. Hence, you need the Holy Spirit to renew your mind so you can grasp and understand what God is saying today. Otherwise, this will just be completely rubbish to you, and you'll go, this is way too big. It's not my reality. Do you know it's okay for it to not be your reality? Do you want it to be? That's the question. The Father loves us 100% unconditionally. The Father is never in question. Do you know who's in question? The body of Christ. Because the Father is looking for a type of people like his Son. He doesn't just want people who say yes verbally and live differently. He wants a church that say yes verbally and what they say yes they live out. He wants true, authentic followers who are like the kind of his son. So he says, this is your reality. You were dead. This is who you were. This is your former life. This is not to be your new 
life. I died and raised you from the grave to live this all-encompassing, overcoming life. You had the nature of the demonic, but I poured my new nature into you, my Christ-like nature, the DNA of your Father, because you have been predestined to be adopted into me, that you can walk above this earth, because the enemy has no hold on a church that knows who she is. Tracking with me? Is this okay? I only know this way. I got apprehended 10 years ago by revelation, and this is what it's been like for the last 10 years. Full on. <laughs> I only know one speed. Full on. Because I know, and I know in my heart, a church needs to grab this. Because I've said, I see a church that's limping along, barely getting by, surviving, and we're called to thrive. We're called to be an example to a world that is struggling, where they look and they go, how does that happen? Because of him. And because of the belief we have through revelation. Because our minds are getting renewed. Because we live lives of repentance. I live a life of repentance. I live a life of saying, Holy Spirit, renew my entire mind to yours. That's what repentance is. I want your thinking in my head. Because it's only the thoughts that lead us to darkness, isn't it? It's a wrong thought. Do you know the Bible says that God has more thoughts for you than the grain of sand? What would one of them do? If you can capture what I'm saying through Revelation today, how will your life be impacted? I shared this with my guys at our prayer meeting. I said, God is looking for pit bulls. He wants a pit bull in us. Go with the, the image. A pit bull. It's quite an aggressive dog. But you know, if a pit bull is loved by its owner, it becomes the most protective dog and a beautiful dog to the owner. And a pit bull, and one guy showed me this, says, Greg, I want followers who have that in them. The Bible says that it, it is those who are, help me with her, Matthew 11, uh, those who are aggressive, wrong word, but it's progressive that lay hold of the kingdom forcefully advancing. Those who are forcefully advancing lay hold of. It's not passive. Christianity is not passive. And so there's this reality here, and he's saying, this is who you were, but God. Man, I'm so grateful he came into my life at 29 when I got to the end of me and cried out he was still there. But God, being rich in mercy. Man, do you know the mercy of God? In view of God's mercy, lay your life down which is really worship, not singing songs. In view of his mercy, which means revelation of his mercy propels me to give my life to the call of the gospel. So I need to know the mercy of God. So in, uh, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Grace is power. Okay, It's not a covering. We get these confused. We say grace is a covering. No, grace is divine enablement. That's what it means. So it's God's divine enablement to raise you out from being dead in one position and brought into your new position. In Christ, raised from the grave, seated with Christ in heavenly places. That happened the day you got born again. 
Is that your reality? Because he's expecting a reality from what his word does. His word does what he says it does. His word performs a miracle, not just healing, inner healing, inner building. I come to build a church, and the church I build tell me are seated with me. So where is he right now? Can't hear. Where is he? Spirit's in you. Where's Christ? Right hand of the Father. So he's saying, you're there with me. Where are we hopefully going to end up if we become overcomers? Revelation 3, 21. To all those who overcome, I grant them to sit with me on my throne. It's not your own throne. It's on his throne with him like he was with his father. So here's the thing. If I have the mind of Christ, the heartbeat of Christ now because the kingdom of God has come and he said the spirit has been poured out, all I get when I get to the end of my walk is what I was when I was on the earth. Because on the earth, I am seated in heavenly places. I have his mind. I have his heart. So I live this life out now. So by the time I get to the judgment seat for being an overcomer, because I was an overcomer, because I had his heart and his mind, and I lived the life as overcomer, I'm just getting the reward that I got on earth. It's like, welcome in, son. Here you go. Take your seat. You were living here the whole time. Are you tracking? In your heart and your mind, you were here the whole time with me. Because heaven came to earth through the power of the gospel. And heaven and earth is coming to me. We're transfixed with signs, wonders, miracles, feeding the poor. What about getting changed? we got a works-based gospel, which is right when it's defined by the Spirit. But a works-based gospel defined by us is dangerous. So he says, I come to change my church. I come to build her because she was dead and I'm raising her up. She was lost in her transgressions. She was dead. Let me read it again. With which he loves it. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come over just to Ephesians 1 verses 3, 4, and 5. And I'll read this out real quick. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Do you know everything is in the Son? Everything you need is in Christ. Everything in the Spirit is in Christ. This is why it's about knowing Christ. Christ is the eternal life, is He not? To know God is eternal life. So for me to come into revelation upon revelation upon revelation of the Christ is to live in the heavenly places now. Because it's contained in the Son. Everything Colossians says on heaven and earth is from the Son. He's defined it all. So I have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to know all things that God has prepared. And I'm to know them in my heart and my mind through the power of revelation. Some of you look at me a little bit cross-eyed. I know I'm talking really fast. I get excited and I can't stop my mouth. Verse 4. Just as he chose us 
in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. Do you know you were chosen before the foundation of the earth to be his? So although you started life in the flesh on earth as a sinner, in Christ you started as a son. Before you ever had a chance to mess anything up, you were a son. You just didn't know it because you weren't around. But you were in Christ. He saw you in himself before the foundation, before sin even entered, you and I were chosen to be his. So we started physically where? Dead in our sin and our transgression, correct? But in Christ, we started as sons. We are discovering who we've been called to be on earth. What would it have looked like if you found out who you were before the foundations of the earth the day you gave your heart to the Lord? If God gave you that revelation in one moment of who you really were before the foundations of the earth, how would your life look like now from the age of 29 to 50? Are you tracking with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? From that day, the first day, son, you were always a son. This is who you were before the foundation. Oh my goodness, give you my mind, give you my spirit, give you my heart. What would my life, I'm going to overcome. I'm discovering who I am and who I was before the foundation of the earth. I'm no longer to struggle in life. I've been called to be the head, not the tail. I've been called to walk above the earth. That's why only about two mil of our body touched the earth. Where is 98% of my body? It's hovering above the earth. I'm not anchored to this place, are you? I am not anchored to this place. Scares people, freaks them out. So free. I'm not anchored to my mum. I'm not anchored to my wife. I'm not anchored to my kids. I'm anchored to Christ. How, Greg? Through the power of revelation. Because I know I've been raised from a dead guy to an alive guy. And I know where I'm seated. And more and more, the Father's renewing my mind and my heart to live on earth as Jesus is living in heaven. So I'm more and more walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying I'm God or becoming God. I'm becoming like Christ, which is what I'm supposed to do, Romans 8. So I'm getting revelation upon revelation of who I actually am. And God's shown me this before the foundations of the earth. It was all about a promise. Never a problem. Son, you've never been a problem. Is there a problem? Yeah. Where do we focus though? On a problem or a promise? We, do we worship the God of problems? Help me out here. So why do we talk so much about the problems? I've got a God who starts with a problem. Great. Now I've got a God who starts with a promise. And it was man that messed it up, not God. God is the God of promises, and every promise is yes and amen. So here's a promise. You've been raised up, seated with Christ, to live a life that's not earthly, but to live a life that's heavenly, kingdom. We have been called to be who? Ambassadors of where? Heaven. So are you living your ambassadorship out? 
He said, guys, we've got an opportunity. You get one while you're alive. You've got one shot at this to discover who you are in Christ. We've got one go, unless God gives you an opportunity and raises you from the dead. But you're going to die, aren't you? We're all going to physically die. So you've got one shot to discover what he says about you, who he is, his true purpose, and how we're called to live. And it's called freedom in Christ. I read promise after promise after promise of stress, worry, anxiousness. No, that's if I'm living for me. Freedom. Come to me and I'll give you freedom because you've been living your own life and you're full of stress, heartache, hurt, pain, and life is consuming you. So come to me and leave that there. And let's learn from me. And I'll give you rest for your soul. I'll give you rest for your mind. You'll grow in me, develop me through revelation upon revelation. Man, life will just be a breeze. There'll be still trial. There'll be still persecution because you come into truth. You come into life. Guess what? The flesh hates it. But you're actually living in the identity you've been called for. And who is greater in you is greater than what's outside of you. I read about men who prayed and praised when they got thrown into prison, when they were beaten for truth. And their first response is not to whinge and moan. It's not to come up with excuses. It's to go, we praise and we pray. And apparently an earthquake kicks off and everyone that's in prison, who's their chains broken and they can run out if they want, but they don't. Why? Because the presence of God is so strong in the prison because when the presence comes, the power comes. And when the power turns up, everyone's in awe. If you're in a prisoner and you've got an opportunity to leg it and there's the door, certainly you're going to run. Or not when God rocks up. And the spiritual starts to dominate the physical. There's a word. The Spirit starts to dominate your flesh. The Spirit starts to dominate you. The Spirit, the power of God. What rose Jesus from the grain. Paul said, Paul said, I want that power in me. Paul said, I want to know you. I want to have the power of your resurrection. And I want to have fellowship with your sufferings. The man knew who he was called and where he was called to be and live. So he wrote it for you and I. He gave his life that you and I would know the reality that he wrote. Not try to intellectualize it, not try to concept it, but to get it revealed within us through the Spirit of God so we could what? Imitate him as he imitates the Christ. So we have been invited to be apostolic in heart and mind, to be prophetic in heart and mind, to be teachers in heart and mind, to be evangelists in heart and mind, and to be shepherds in heart and mind. We are called to be Christians, Christ-like, and we walk above the earth like the one we say we love did. It's a bit of a challenge, eh? But you know it's fully possible. But do you believe? Don't try and get your head around it. You've got to get your spirit around it. You try to get your head around that, you'll walk out here going, nah. That's why we don't understand here. Jesus said you understand here in the spirit. The mind, the carnal mind is so too, it's way too small to grab this, to grab God. That's why 
Jesus said, understanding starts in the heart and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will renew the mind. And then your mind can see what the heart received. Now you have the mind of Christ. Now you're actually able to start living out the mind of Christ, the reality of Christ, because you can see it. You've got it. You've got the empowerment of the word that forms it. So where once upon a time, your spirit was willing, but your flesh is weak. We heard that one. Your spirit's willing. Your flesh comes under the anointing of the spirit. So self-control, yourself comes under the control of the spirit. It's not you trying to not live fleshly. It's not you trying through discipline to go, I can't look at this and I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't do this. No, it's you, you, self, comes under the control of the Spirit of God, the Word of God. So now, naturally, I just live. I'm not trying to be a Christian. I am one. Why, Greg? Because I've been raised up with Christ, seated in heavenly places. I look and I see there are pitfalls everywhere. There is temptation everywhere. But you know what? You don't look at that stuff because your eyes are firmly fixed on the Christ because you've got the mind of Christ. You see it, but you just keep walking. It's not even a tra- it's not an attraction anymore because there's nothing in you that he can use. There was nothing in Christ. See, the more of Christ, the less of you, you just naturally walk and overcome. We've built stuff up, guys, because of our experience, because we're not in the fullness of God. I don't see Jesus running around, freaking out when the enemy turned up. Why? Because he identifies all the lies, doesn't he? Why? Because his father is the father of truth. And then he just speaks the truth. So it's over in a minute because he knows who he is. You see, Ephesians 1 says that we were predestined to be sons. And we are of the kind of the son. So does an apple seed produce apples? Mm -hmm. So we've received the seed of who? Christ. So if we're of the same kind of Christ, what is the outcome of that? Christ-like people who live Christ-like, who actually, where Christ is, they are, and Christ is in them, because the heavenly place is not just, it's a spiritual, it's the eternal, the kingdom of God. Where is the kingdom of God to be? Where did Jesus say it was? Luke 17, 21. The kingdom of God is within you. What does that mean, Greg? It means the kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit, sorry, joy, peace, righteousness in the Holy Spirit. So guess what you have operating in you and growing? Joy, peace, righteousness in the Holy Spirit. You're able to live a life that's righteousness. 1 Peter 2.24, Jesus died that we would live a life of righteousness. What does that look like? A life that is right standing under heaven, empowered by heaven, and lived out upon this earth. Not living for the things of earth. No longer loving a human being as you once did. That was a dead life. This is a brand new life. This is a brand new covenant. Where the covenant says this. The one of the covenant says, hey, love me more than. Don't love the natural more than. Love me more than. Don't have idols. You put idols in your heart. You ain't going to get called to life. So we've got one, an opportunity, haven't we? 
And this is who we've been called to be. And I pray and I hope you can hear. And you won't leave this here. But you would seek him. That's the goal of every message I preach. is not you would understand what I say. But you would go and seek the Holy Spirit, your true teacher. And allow him to show whether I've just said is real or not. Don't believe what I've said. But believe what I've said. Go dig. And ask, seek, and knock. And if what I've said is of him, he will show you.